thanks to Artichoke Music's Chairman of the Board and Artistic Director Paul Ward. We have two guests in the Artichoke Cafe today, and Paul is at the controls, along with the mic for himself. Our guests today are singers and songwriters Bree Gregg and Colin Hogan, who have a double album release coming up Saturday, January 14th at the Alberta Rose Theatre. Bree's band Redbird will be playing, and the Colin Trio will also. Separately and together, well, that remains to be seen. They're both here in the cafe and have come to talk about their new releases and their musical friendship. They both live in multiple genres, which in Oregon is a necessity as well as a love. So for the first time on OMN's Coffee Shop Conversations, let's meet Bree and Colin. Bree takes off her jacket, know, meaning she's ready to go. Ready! Well, let's get, do this. We already are. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. Welcome to the Artichoke Cafe. Thank you. Glad you're here. Yeah. This is unusual that we have two people to talk to, uh, but thank you, Paul. Paul's here. Hi, Tom. Uh, and it's uh, this is his rig, and what that we're using, which is good, good. Um, and and both of you are here because you're both on the same show. Yes, that's let's, right. Let's like let's get to the thing at the top, okay? So people can listen, you know, and as long as they get the the pertinent information at the top, which is the gig. Yes, <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Yeah, so should we say who we are first? <laughs> they don't even know who we are. Okay. <laughs> should that be a thing? <laughs> right. And, you're, and your name is? I'm Bree Gregg. There you are. Yes. And your name is? Colin Hogan. There you go. Perfect. All right. So Colin and I are doing a show together at the Alberta Rose Theater. We each have bands. I'll let Colin tell you more about hers. But my band is called Redbird. Mm -hmm. And we have been working on releasing this album for, it feels like, a thousand years. Mm -hmm. Started pre-pandemic and oh, then geez. just worked and worked and worked throughout that time. And then finally finished it like maybe eight months ago and have been releasing them as singles, but mm -hmm. have the full album released um, for January 14th at the Alberta Rose Theater. Mm -hmm. And the band is called Redbird. The band is called Redbird, okay. yes. And that involves me as the singer, and I play uh, rhythm guitar as well. And then Dan Gilday uh -huh. is the lead guitar player, and he and I write the music as well. Ah. And then Jeff Langston is on bass, and Edwin Leon Coleman III is on drums. Band. Yeah, and then we're adding Brian Harris for this show too, because we did a lot nice. of keys on the latest album. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited. Steve, Steve Squatkins did the keys on the album. That's right. Steve Squatkins and also Sidney Nash, oh, both boy. amazing players. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're excited about it. And I love the Alberta Rose. And, of course. And I love the Colin Trio as well. I was mm -hmm. really honored they wanted to do this as well. Um, I'll tell you more about <laughs> the story of how I thought of asking the Colin Trio in a minute. But Let's find out about the Colin Trio. Okay, the Colin Trio. Um, my name's Colin, and <laughs> I, have I have a trio. trio. Have a trio. <laughs> okay, what's next? <laughs> next. Um, so, um, comprising Colin. <laughs> yes, Colin. And two other people. Two other people. Who yes, are? Brian Link on bass uh -huh. and Cheo Larkholm Larkholm on drums. Uh -huh. um, sometimes John Dover on trumpet, which uh -huh. makes us more than a trio, but we still call ourselves a trio. They like to say Colin and the trio when we well, have more people. Oh, there that's, you go. That's like one hour, one hour laundry. Yeah. You know, and that's just the name of it. That's right. They don't give you the clothes in an hour. That's right. It's just the name of what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. So we're excited to play this show. Um, we're releasing a single on January 14th as well. So uh -huh. it's a double release feature, which should uh -huh. be fun. What do you, do you two have in common musically? 
We write music. Come on now. <laughs> we sing. We play guitar. No, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, so we'll talk, we'll get to this, I think, but um, so I started an organization with Beth Wood and Kristen Granger called She's Speaking, uh-huh. all about um, women in music. And Colin is an incredible musician and performer and just badass all around. So mm-hmm. I feel like I connected with her through She's Speaking. She mm-hmm. did a song for that. And then um, I was actually, I've been a fan of their music for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was camping with a friend and hadn't decided who to do this show with. And a friend of mine, we're just sitting around the campfire. And he says, you have got to hear this this band. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. He didn't know they that the Colin Trio was in Portland. He pulls out Spotify and plays their song. I was like, yeah, I know, I know them. <laughs> and so literally from that site, I was like texting her to see if she wanted to do it. Um, because, you know, personality-wise, having two, so often you don't have two women uh-huh. bands. And so it's fun to do that, to share a stage with another uh-huh. female-led band. But also her music is not genre-less, but it takes from all these different genres, uh-huh. which I love. I feel like a lot of times people, I know for myself, I struggle with like, what genre does this band go into? Right. And it's all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. It's a, you know, Redbird is a soul and roots band, I would say predominantly, but we mm-hmm. have jazz in there and blues in yeah. there and mm-hmm. folk and rock and all of this, which is tricky when you're trying to market it, but they're my, that's my favorite kind of music. Yeah. So that's what I love about Colin's writing and her band. I think that's a, uh-huh. that's something similar. That's something we have in common yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a compliment when she called you badass. Yes. <laughs> but you know... If people call a guy badass, yeah. that's bad. Uh-oh. Is it? But if you call, but if a woman calls another woman badass, that's a great compliment. Ever notice that? No, I, I think if I that. called you a badass, it would be a compliment. No. No, it sounds like toxic masculinity. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thanks, okay. Bree. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean it. I mean it. That's good. Um, so, uh, are, are there, will there be any any any? Are you be Playing in each other's band at all? Sitting in? We have plans. Aha. Mm-hmm. We have secret plans. So very you'll have to come to the show to find out. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're a secret anymore. <laughs> it's true. There's a microphone in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, how does that work? Well. I mean, does, does one of you pick out a song that you'd like to sit in with? or? I think that's going to be the plan. Part of the reason they're so secret is we don't know yet. <laughs> we still have time. We're still figuring that part, few weeks that part out. But um, but so the other cool thing about having two bands that have strong singers is mm-hmm. that we'll be doing some harmony stuff, which would be really fun. Nice. So we'll probably, you know, maybe each pick a song and then mm-hmm. do some cool harmony mm-hmm. things uh-huh. in uh-huh. there. Great. Yeah. Huh. How does that how does that kind of collaboration work? I mean, is it is this does, does something have to click, or? Um, do you have an answer for that? Hmm. I mean, it seems like one of us will take the lead on one of uh-huh. the songs and uh-huh. then ask the other person to kind of accompany, mm-hmm. and maybe we each do that, uh-huh. and so that there's yeah. there's always that sense of direction, you uh-huh. know, like someone stepping into the other person's project. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I guess it could work either way. Is it just a natural thing that falls in when you, when you to, to who takes which harmony? 
Yeah, yeah. often it's surprisingly organic. Yeah. I'm always, there is, yeah. a to me, a little bit of a magical element to it, I feel like, especially when you work with the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James Latham was in here recently talking about that Tom Waits tribute we did. Uh-huh. And Shelly Rudolph and I have been singing for a long time together. We had yeah. a band together and stuff. So, but right. there are certain singers that you just— Part of its history, part of it is the way your voices blend is kind of magical. But mm-hmm. we, it seems like you don't even really have to talk about it. It just sort of happens. Yes. But then there are other yeah. people that yeah. I do feel like it takes a little bit more, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. kind of talking through. Hashing but it out. It yeah. does. But mm-hmm. it is surprisingly organic, I think, especially when you work with people that have really, like, big ears. Yeah. And really know, yeah. Yeah. have been and doing harmony Bree and I just did a lot of singing together in the George Harrison tribute um, uh-huh. in October at Revolution Hall. And so that's where we kind of got the flavor for singing together and then we wanted to continue that for the show in January. Yeah. So that's we're, why we're kind of excited to mm-hmm. work together in that way. Were both of you in the Tom Waits too, thing too? I was not. You weren't, okay. But you were so in the George, sure. both in the George. Mm-hmm. What did you sing in the George? Did you sing together in the George Harrison? I mean, it's like, was it 30 people on stage? Wow. Yeah. So, so like, I was in the backing yeah. band and sang almost all of the backing harmonies and wow. then Bree sang um, a handful of songs mm-hmm. lead. So mm-hmm. I backed you up a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... What songs did I even sing? Oh, um, what songs did you even sing? You sang My Sweet Lord. My Sweet Lord. Uh, um, um, Let It Down. Thank you. You're remembering these. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch. It was like a, it was amazing. It was such a whirlwind. I've never done a show like that that had that many musicians on stage. It was crazy. How many were there? I mean, I literally think there were 30. Mm-hmm. Is that wow. right? Yeah. I mean, there were full th- horn section, you know, full strings. It was insane. Um, wow. Christy Lane and I were backup guitars and um, singing. And then there was like three people on lead guitar, mm-hmm. uh, two drummers and one percussionist, um, piano, organ, and clav so mm-hmm. like three i mean there was like multiple people per instrument at mm-hmm. least. and typically f- at l- like four harmonies and often the harmonies were doubled you know it was like yep. a wow. wall yeah, of big singers wall of sound for wow. sure uh-huh wow. yeah oh. it was quite the production yeah oh don't remind me of phil specter please <laughs> okay sorry i did say wall of sound i take it back <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty special. I mean, so often I feel like now you have to be so careful about how many people you hire because of money and all that kind of stuff. It was yeah. pretty special to just be able to have, especially for me, because harmony to me is my favorite thing. So to have, you know, three and four part harmony on everything was just, mm-hmm. it was really cool. Does harmony come natural to the both of you? Mm-hmm. I would say it does, and I've worked on it a lot. Really? Like when I grew up, my my dad is also a musician and he taught me to, this was when people listened to the radio more, but he taught me to. But hey, wait a minute. I mean, I listened to some radio, but not. You should listen to KMHD on Friday nights at 10 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> Dude, you're will. on it. Okay, good. I, I played <laughs> something from the Redbird album <laughs> on, the, on the radio show. Thank Come you. on now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but my dad used to teach me that whatever song is on, sing the harmony, like to practice to it. So when I was, yeah, so when I was even a little kid, I mean, I was just constantly practicing harmonies over and over. Because I do think it comes more naturally to some people, but I also think it's a practice. It takes a lot of work. I think often. um, Well, how did you, how did you know what the harmony was? I mean, you just practice, you just try things out, you know, and I think naturally, especially when you're first starting, like, the three is is pretty easy to hear, and then the uh-huh. five, you know, so you, you practice certain intervals, but uh-huh. I feel like it's also just you do it over and over, and you're like, oh, that's Did not terrible. Did he say, go here? No, he no. just said, oh. 
do this. Wow. And wow. I just practiced it. I mean, honestly, from like the time I was a kid, I still do it now. So like, uh -huh. I mean, I don't know, a thousand oh. years ago. How about, how about you, Colin? Yeah, I mean, I um, I kind of bounce around when I'm singing along with music that I love. Mm -hmm. I also really like to pick out the back out the backup harmonies and sing along with that because uh -huh. then it feels like you're singing a duet with the lead person, like yeah. the person who's on. You know, you mean yeah. hearing the backup that they're doing the yeah, harmonies, like, oh, like yeah, just yeah. singing along with, uh -huh. with the backups if there are backups. Oh, you know, like like idea. Beatles. Like there's so many cool yeah. harmonies that you can yeah. just grab one mm -hmm. and then try it, and especially the ones that are more interesting. Um, like Paul's parts are usually more like or counterpoint-ish, mm -hmm. and like it gets, makes your ear better just by trying to pick it out and listen to it. Um, but yeah, making up your own is also fun, mm -hmm. for sure. But I was in choir, you know, yeah. all growing yeah, up, so and, and, and an alto, and an alto is never on lead. They're always on the, uh -huh. the harmony. So you, yeah. I spent my first few years trying to sing the, whatever harmony was underneath the, the melody. And so uh -huh. that, that just uh -huh. teaches you a lot, you know. And, and I was too. I was an alto oh, and yeah. I was in choir. Mm -hmm. So I bet that is a big part of uh, it because that's our mm -hmm. role. Like we yeah. rarely do the melody, right. you mm -hmm. know. And yeah. did you did you have music to read from or how did you learn those yeah. parts? Yeah, oh, you, okay. yeah you read okay. music um, in, in choir for sure. How did you, who, who taught you to, to read music? Um, I started playing piano when I was five. So <laughs> started started when I was little. Wow. Know? Yeah. Huh. So. What did you like to play then? Uh, well, I like to write my own music. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. I, I had just started taking piano. I was five, and they I joined a like a big piano studio, and they were getting ready to have their annual recital. And they said, "Okay, Colin, this is going to be your first recital. I want you to pick out a song to play." And I was like, "I wrote a song, and I'm going to play my own song." <laughs> and they were like, "Ha ha!" Oh and I was like, "No, no, I'm serious." And then I played it, and oh. then of course, like. You know, the little kids always go first. I think I was the first person to go at the recital. Oh, and there it was, Colin Hogan playing whatever the name of the song was. And then the composer, Colin Hogan, was on this, you know, the right <laughs> oh side of the god. program, you know, <laughs> where it usually says like Beethoven yeah, or yeah. Mozart, you know. Oh my God. Do you don't so, remember the I started, that song? I started young. You know, I, I've always wanted to write music and share wow. it with the world. That's always been wow. from my heart to the stars, like huh. as soon as I came out. So, so, hmm. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> Did you start on piano, Brie? Yes. Yeah. Also, I don't, I'm definitely not as good of a player as Colin is. I still play piano now, you know, especially I'm also a voice teacher. So I play uh -huh. to company and that kind of thing. But, and I often write on piano, although I write on guitar as well. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I started in piano, but I also took voice lessons very, very early, even mm -hmm. before I started playing mm -hmm. piano. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, I felt like so much of, vocal study was around classical music more uh -huh. than now. I think you can, yeah. you know, when you go into study, even even at the collegiate level, they have a lot of programs for jazz and modern music, that kind uh -huh. of thing. But at the time, it was really like, if you got really serious about vocal music, you were kind of shuffled into uh -huh. classical music or musical theater sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I really got into just studying as a vocal technique in general. Well, we know who Colin's musical hero was. It was Colin. <laughs> no. <laughs> how, about, how, about, how about you, Bert? Uh, I think Colin's mine too. No. Shut up. <laughs> uh, um, let's see, my musical hero. I mean, I have a lot, to be honest with you. That's part mm -hmm. of the reason I struggle so much to have like a specific genre. But I would yeah. say... Bonnie Raitt is probably the person uh, who I'm in a lot of ways most connected with. Uh -huh. In 
part. Like well, you can't have much of a, a better hero than the Bonnie. I Ray. mean, you know, in so many ways, so many ways, yeah. and you know, especially her old stuff. Like, sure. I mean, I was a kid just wailing, like music, old blues that I didn't understand at all. But I yeah. just connected with that music so much. And then also, she's just—I've seen her live several times, including yeah. the last time she was here. Actually, mm -hmm. that's not true. She was just here. I saw yeah. the time before. I think she's 72, yeah. I think. Yeah. And she rocked. I mean, it was, I was just, I just started crying. It was so inspiring. Sure. She's just so, because even yeah. separate of musicians, people who just have the courage to be that present and that authentic to me are just, it's really remarkable. And, and she had such a great hand in, uh, getting uh, money for old old musicians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, imagine if if you were there when 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 Arthur Crudup got a big check from That's All Right, Mama, that Bonnie Raitt was responsible for. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and it's crazy now too because you know I know we'll talk about this eventually, but like women in music are still we're still in the minority. You know, it's about 22% of artists are musicians or are women. But when she came up, I mean, you just didn't see that almost at all. Like there were very few. And she, to see her like hold the attention and have the courage to just go out there uh -huh. when she's the only, uh -huh. you know, I mean, uh -huh. that's just amazing to me. Yeah. So probably that would be my music. And they had the guts to sing duets with Aaron Neville. Imagine <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll, so many people that she... Okay, so yeah. tell me about She Speaks. Yeah. Whoever wants to tell me about She Speaks. <laughs> yeah, it's called She's Speaking. Speaking, um, sorry. That's okay. And I started it with um, Beth Wood and Kristen Granger, who mm -hmm. are also amazing musicians. Beth Wood is down in um, near Bend and Sisters, mm -hmm. and Kristen's in Salem. And we started it during the pandemic where... I felt like musicians in general were just dying for some kind of connection with each other mm -hmm. and for musical outlets. And so we reached out to the women that really inspired us and asked them to write a song about a woman that inspires them. Ah. And we created a YouTube channel with all of those songs. And we ended up close to 70 in that during the pandemic. Now mm -hmm. we have many more. Mm -hmm. But we were just like overwhelmed by the amount of quality that came in of this original music from yeah. women who were just, a lot of them were like on their iPhones because we were just at home trying to figure out what to do. Right. And um, so that's sort of what started it. And then after that, we've done several shows. We've done a lot of online shows during the pandemic. And then the last show we did was also at The Rose with a big group of just incredible women. Hmm. LaRonda Steele, Arietta Ward, mm -hmm. Lisa Mann, um, Liz Chabucos, Beth Wood, Kristen Granger, mm -hmm. Naomi LaViolette, um, Leah Hinchcliffe, mm -hmm. um, uh, Ward Griffith. So just um, an amazing array of women. And we did that as a live show. Um, we're doing that again this March uh, to celebrate Women's History Month. So, yes. mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So essentially it's, it's a way to get the word out about all the incredible women in the Pacific Northwest, but beyond as well, that are doing this work. Yeah. I know that that musicians know about Ward Griffiths, but if there's some, if there's one musician who is unsung 
Oh, my God. In this town. It's Wart Griffiths. Oh, my God. Unreal. Man. She's unbelievable. Yeah. She's still selling bikes? I don't know. She worked in, or working or owned a bicycle shop. Oh, yeah. That yeah. seems right. Right. It does. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah, she's insane. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, guys like Rob Sheps, when he would come to town, would ask for her. Oh, to, is to, that right? To, to be in his band. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, and she was thankfully strong enough to withstand Rob Sheps. <laughs> oh, Rob I didn't Sheps. say that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump in and say a couple things. That first time I I met this is Paul. Uh, I I run Artichoke, and um, first time I encountered Bree was on the She's Speaking project, and I was at another nonprofit at the time, and I was just so taken by um, what it's one of those things like um, you hear about a project and you think why. Has this not been done before? But it was so fresh and so needed. And uh, some of the artists that that provided their first offerings, uh, Mandy Fair was one of them, mm -hmm. recorded it in the back of her van. She, and and it, it's a great song. Oh, my God, that track is so good. I, I just love that song. Yeah. I love that song. And, and uh, even thinking about it right now, I get the tingles because... Um, not only culturally, but as Bree has pointed out, in the music industry, women are women deserve the, a more of a platform, and they deserve more space because they bring so much to the table, and they've always brought so much to the table. And I say this as a man uh, who is privileged, uh, if you if you can call it that, to be a man for so many years. We're just starting to realize how out of whack. Not starting to. The world has been out of whack for a long time, and the people who pay attention to how out of whack it is, as soon as you realize it, you got to say, okay, how can I get it back in whack again? So uh, part of the reason I was very excited about having Bree here today was to get a chance to hear more about She's Speaking mm -hmm. and to bring some attention to it. Now, one of the things I'm really proud of here is that so many of the women that you've been working with, Naomi and Beth, um, uh, regularly perform here at Artichoke. We have a... Uh, either accidentally or on purpose. I'm not sure if the culture here is singer-songwriter in, in, to a large extent and a great many of the best ones in this town. I would say the, the, it tends to favor women. And, uh, and so when you just think about, um, when I think about um, what it is that makes us human beings, it is story. What it is that makes us remember and love this life, it's music. And when you can have story and music come together, you have a good life. And with all this talent in this town and all across the United States that is given permission to say, okay, time for you to speak, um, the, I think the floodgates clearly opened up because of the vision that you guys had. And I, I'm just a huge fan. And anything that I can do to be um, helpful in that, uh, whether it's here at Artichoke or just personally, I'm just... Uh, I can't say enough about it. So I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it a little bit here. Oh, thank you. Everyone should keep their ear to nice. the ground about She's Speaking and go to YouTube right now and do that Google search. Yeah, thank you. We we do, we do also... Not until this is over. <laughs> yeah, after the, after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We do have a website too. It's called She's Speaking Songs where you can kind of start to learn more about it. Um, you know, it's a... I, I think it's... Thank you for those. Those are really sweet words. The truth is a lot of people are doing a lot about it. And this is starting to shift, which is really cool. Um, I mean, there's a ton of festivals and venues that are starting to make it like they're either at 50-50 or close to it. That's 
I mean, literally even 10 years ago, that was unheard of. So things are really shifting in that regard. You know, I think um, that's great. The other thing about she's speaking for just the women that are involved is that it's an interesting experience to be usually the only woman that you're working with in a professional setting. Um, and it's really nice to have those kind of connections and and be able to work more closely with other women. This just doesn't happen that often in music or it doesn't so far. And certainly having a daughter makes me, has made me much more aware of this because having a daughter and a son, you hear them talk and the, it is amazing how much humans decide is possible for them based on other humans that are like them. It is remarkable how much they tend to be gendered. And so I, doing things like this where other people can see that this is a very viable career for women is really important, I think. So, well, yeah. and To your point about Bonnie Raitt, I mean, she has been a force for uh, drawing attention to the power of women on stage, songwriter, performer, personality, um, industry leader. She's done, she's checked every box when it comes to living a, and leading, living and leading a fulfilling life. Um, and I, I, I just would, you just let me know. I'm your servant on She's Speaking <laughs> because we need these, we need nice. all these people up there. We need all these stories up there. And, uh, and we all need to listen. When she is Thank speaking, you. we all need to listen. Thank you. That's very sweet. Now you sent, Bree, you sent me a note. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them talking points, <laughs> and which is really strange because I never prepare questions for these things, ever. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. no. Uh, hmm. Of course not. Because um, that's why it's called coffee shop conversations and not coffee shop interviews. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, you had a note there that uh, uh, there was an album you recorded in Muscle Shoals. No, that's Colin. That's you. That's, oh. Yeah, the Colin Trio. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Muscle Shoals. Yes, that's what we did with wow. our pandemic time. We, uh, wow. we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and flew to Alabama and recorded a record. Well, at which, which of the two studios? Uh, we were at East Avalon. Uh-huh. And um, we worked with Patrick Tetrell mm -hmm. as our producer, which was our first time working with a producer, which was so fun to have somebody mm. kind of oversee the project and have ideas <coughs> about the collection of songs that you've picked out uh -huh. and, and how everything flows together and really just pushing you for your best performance. Yeah. Whatever part of the song you were working on was uh -huh. amazing. Wow. And the vibe just to be like with all the, the magic in the air mm. in Muscle Shoals and yeah. like to know the history and oh, yeah. I'm ready wow. to go back. <laughs> That's great. Must yeah. Have, wow. Um, uh, uh, yeah, we just spent a week in the studio. The studio was actually had a house built around it. <laughs> so we just, we never left, really. We were yeah. in the project all seven days. Wow. Um, just whenever you woke up, you made some food, then you went into the tracking room and oh started gosh. to work. And then at the end of the That's day, amazing. Patrick would leave, leave us in the studio and be like, I'll see you in the morning because he would go home. Huh. So we had free reign of the studio at night, oh which gosh. is so fun. Wow. Jeez. Sounds like an ideal. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else to do. It's January in a tiny town. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So. But still, just to be there. But just to, and just to be immersed in the project, too. Because yeah. so often when you yeah. record, you get a oh, session right. or two, right. then you go back to your regular life, and then you come back yeah. in another That's week right. or so, yeah. and it's That's like right. just no distractions. It was mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Wow. And so we just released that album in July of this year. Yes. Yeah. Boy, what a 
What, what a great experience. No kidding. Yep. How'd you find that producer? Or um, that? He actually used to live here, and oh. we um, we played a show up in Port Townsend uh, near the end of 2019, and he came up to the CS Play. We were playing in another band, and we were playing as the trio, and so he came up to see the other band. He knew Adam Sweeney in that band and had produced an album for them, and then he saw the trio open, and he was like, I want to work with this band. Who are oh, wow. they? And then, <laughs> oh, that's cool. So we kept in touch, and we were planning on recording in somewhere in Oregon. We were going to rent a house at the coast and just yeah. kind of lock ourselves in for a week or so and mm-hmm. do that. And then he's like, well, I just got this opportunity in Muscle Shoals. Are you sure you don't want to come there and record? And I was like, oh, we're coming there. Like, <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So, that was great. So do you both teach? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I teach voice. How, how do you... It, it, are you? Do you follow um, the methods of, and techniques of of previous teachers, or how, how, do, how do how do you develop that? Yeah, I would say I do. Um, I mean, I think I have I have altered it because most of my previous teachers were classically they were focused on classical music, yeah. so it was a lot really heavy on vocal technique. Um, and, you know, I, for a, so I went to school for music and then after I went to New York and I did opera and classical music. So that was more of my focus. So all of my teachers were in that world. But what I found when I came to Portland and tried to take lessons from someone who wasn't, no, wasn't in that world is mm-hmm. that they didn't do a lot with vocal technique. And that, and that may mm-hmm. have changed now, but I find that that seems to be reserved for classical music. When you say vocal technique, what do you mean? So I'm talking predominantly about, like, people do a lot of work with vocal support and breathing, but Mm -hmm. in the classical realm, they do a lot of work with placement, like inside the face. They do a Mm -hmm. lot with vowels and um, uh, those sort of more, like, little being really aware of everything that's happening within the face uh-huh. and being really clear on all of your break points and working through breaks. And a lot of times in modern music, I feel like the range is so much smaller often than mm-hmm. in classical music or or sometimes musical theater too that it's the need for vocal technique is big in the classical world. So, But what I find is if you can use that and couple it with singing more modern music, it's mm-hmm. super powerful. I mean, yeah. it essentially allows somebody to have full control of their voice. So they can decide how bright they want it to sound, mm-hmm. how rich they want it to sound, simply by shifting the amount of space within their mouth and where they're placing the voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff is really, mm-hmm. really powerful. And a lot of people, I think, think, well, this is how I sing or this is yeah. my range. Yeah. When, in fact, there is a lot you can do uh-huh. to, um, you know, work up so to that. So do you ever perform classical music here? You know, I don't. I you don't. You and Alan Hager. You know Alan Hager? Yeah. Alan Hager spent years in Boston. He went to Berkeley transcribing classical, um, classical pieces for guitar. And never played any any classical music after he moved to Portland. Hmm. He has never performed it. Yeah, he's a great blues. You know, he's a oh, great yeah. he's a great, great blues guitar player. Yeah, it's never it's never it's not weird. How come you've never done that? Well, I think a couple of reasons. One is that it's a completely different community. Yes. So I don't know any yes. of the classical yes. players. Like, right. you know, I feel like there are only a couple of people 
who have crossed over that. Rachel Taylor Brown is mm-hmm. one. Yeah. No, who she's, I love. She's great. And I actually used to work. She had an opera theater program mm-hmm. that I used yeah, to yeah. sing with. Um, but her so that, or, or, or her sister? Her sister was. Oh, yeah. It was her sister, her wasn't sister. it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Katie. Yeah. Katie. That's right. 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 Um, so Rachel Taylor Brown does work with Redbird's bass player, though. That's how I know Rachel Taylor yes. Brown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of the reasons. The other reason is that it's a completely different set of chops, which I suspect uh-huh. is the deal with uh-huh. Alan Hager as well. Like yeah. it takes, yeah. I could do it, but it would take a lot of work. Yeah. And of course, you, you play your own stuff. I do. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Since she was kidding. five. <laughs> Don't we all, right? You play yeah, your yeah, stuff, I play my stuff. Uh, hell with Beethoven. <laughs> Roll over, uh, Beethoven. <laughs> Colin Hogan is here. That's right. Oh, <laughs> I've done it now. <laughs> you have. <laughs> you got to watch what you say in these things. Mm, I would say that I um, teach in a similar way, though, because mm. I grew up, um, taking piano and I studied a lot of, it was mostly classical when I was taking lessons and then when I went on to to sing in choir and then do auditions and you know um, all of those things take voice lessons it was all the classical approach mm-hmm. for sure and so I use the tech and the breath work and the placement and the all of that but I don't teach my students necessarily to to sing those types of songs yeah. right like the repertoire has changed because mm-hmm. I kind of let them pick yeah. Or help them pick things that mm-hmm. you know could be educational and stretch their mm-hmm. um, abilities. But I think, just like you said, using the tools because that's mm-hmm. what I was taught and that's mm-hmm. what I'm comfortable teaching. Because mm-hmm. I remember learning it myself and how it feels, and mm-hmm. you know, um, coming to the new the new places of growth where you figure mm-hmm. something out and you're like, oh wow, I can do this now. And so yeah. feel inspired to share that with my students. Right. Um, right. So piano and voice, I would say I teach the same way. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if, if that or if that ever stops, she just might as well die. That's right. It's really true. I'm sorry. Wait, which part? It's true. <laughs> if what stops? Not, not if 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 you ever stop that growth. Oh. What's the point? Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no need to tread water, right? I mean. Really. Swim on, yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Thank you so much for being. Did, I, did, yeah. I leave, any, did that leave anything out? Uh, I can't think of anything. Did we? Did he leave anything out? I don't think so. I mean, I guess. What's just, the name of your new your new? Oh album? yeah. So my new album is called Live It All, mm-hmm. and it'll be available January fourteenth at the Alberta Rose. Mm-hmm. And the Colin Trio is joining us with their um, single called Breakable, and they're both. It's going to be incredible music and a great night. And we've kept the ticket prices fairly low just mm-hmm. to try to encourage people to come. Because I think it's going to be an amazing show, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to play all the genres that ev- there ever were. <laughs> I know, between two bands, yes, <laughs> just every genre imaginable. Um, and let's see. So if some genre it. comes up and, and and somebody in the audience goes, "I don't like that genre," you go, "Wait." Wait, just wait till the yeah, next song. Wait till the just next wait, song. Wait, here There's it comes. something coming up that yeah. you will like. That's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and if there's any questions about information on that, my website's redbird, redbirdsoul.com. It'll be on the page. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Both of them. Both of you. Awesome. Thank okay. you. Excellent. Yeah, thanks Terrific. for having us. Terrific. Thank you very much. Paul? Hey, listen, uh, 
I'm not going to sing the that's entertainment thing because that's Tom's thing, but I want to tell you <laughs> this is entertainment. <laughs> yes. We usually end these things by saying, that's entertainment. Oh, exciting. <laughs> you did a good job, I think. I think we'll let you do that. I'm not Ethel Merman, but, you know. <laughs> uh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> 